don't know about you, but I've needed him this week. There have been some things that have come up in my life, some devils that tried to raise their head in my life this week. I need thee, oh, I need thee. And, and not just need him when I want him, but I need him every hour. I need him. God's so good. He's so good to us. We don't deserve it. But because of his grace, because of his grace, we could stand here before him and worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Well, I'm encouraged to be with you this morning. My name is Derek Parks, and I bring you greetings from Wilmington, Delaware, where I get to be the lead church planter for Epiphany Church of Wilmington. So I'm very excited about what God is doing. I'm very excited about just being here with the people of God. Um, I, I, man, I remember it was just some metal chairs up in here. Hard metal chairs, no paint. I mean, and y'all done got fancy on me like. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I like it though. You know, so I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm deeply encouraged to be here. I'm grateful for the, for the elders here of this church who, who lead and guide in my life and deposit in my life more than they'll ever know. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, the leadership of Dr. Eric Mason um, and his vision some 20 years ago to see churches be planted up and down the eastern seaboard. And by God's grace, that's, that's happening today. So, I mean, you give God praise for that. That's, that's, that's encouraging. And you know, my, my grandpa, they wrote the song Rolling Stones about him because he had 29 kids. And it was a certain point, he couldn't tell his grandsons from his sons. That's how many kids he had. And, and that's my prayer for Epiphany, that we wouldn't be able to tell the sons from the grandsons. There'd just be so many just popping up all over the place and God be doing such a work. Pastor, you're a rolling stone. Because he rolled the stone away, somebody. Hey, give him praise. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in. I'm here to preach this morning. Um, Join me, if you will, in Matthew chapter 6. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in the 19th verse, and I'm going to go all the way through to the 24th verse. It's your tradition to stand. We can, we can do that this morning. And then we can... We can read together. One, two, three, go. Since he will be one 
Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we know that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, severing the marrow from the bone. And Father, I pray that this word will get deep down into the marrow of our souls, Father, and that we might be transformed by your word, Father. And God, I pray that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, in whom I trust. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may take your seats. I want to tag this text this morning, Hidden Treasure. Hidden Treasure. The great Louis Agassiz, he was a world-renowned biologist and geologist. He was devoting time and talent to a poorly paid but absorbing line of scientific study. When he received a message from a college president offering him a huge sum of money to begin to deliver courses on natural history at the local university. And his characteristic reply was rather startling. And, but it, it might as well be stamped on the hearts of each and every believer in Jesus Christ. He says this, I cannot afford to waste time making money. I cannot afford to waste time making money. And here we see this in this passage today. Jesus is, is, is pointing to, to his disciples and he's letting them know. He says, listen, don't store up for yourself treasures. Now, Jesus is, is, is pointing them to, to this reality here that, that, that there, there are two types of treasures. There are earthly treasures, which he's telling them to avoid, but then there are heavenly treasures, which he's going to tell them to pursue after. But what Jesus, he's asking the question here, what, what's filling up your life? What is the thing that is filling up your life today? And when Jesus, he's, he's pointing to them, he's saying clearly, don't store up for yourselves. In other words, he's saying, don't, don't accumulate for yourself Riches. Don't, don't try to do that. Uh, but more to the point, he says this, don't live your life day by day as to increase your own happiness. Now, we all know what that's like. We've got, uh, we live in a culture where the mantra of the day is oh, whatever makes you happy. The mantra of the culture is that I'm just going to do me and whatever comes out of that, that's the thing that's going to make me happy. And I'm just going to pursue after that. We've all heard people say that all the time. I'm just, I'm just doing me. Like, you, no, you're doing wrong, but I'm, I'm just doing me. That, that, that's the kind of stuff that they say. But he says, he said, don't store up for yourself treasures. In other words, it's, it's, it's defining a treasury, a, a, a place where, where goods and precious things uh, were laid up. But, but more so for our point today, it, it, this word also refers to a casket. We, we know this from, from ancient times that, uh, particularly ancient Egypt, they would, they would bury the pharaohs with all of their jewels and their possessions and throw that stuff into the tomb so that they don't go into the afterlife broke. Like, that's what you need. Like, you need to be able to buy, like, some water ice when you get over to the other side. You need some cash. But that's what they were trying to do. Uh, but, but, but ultimately, this is what this passage is leading us to say, is that the pursuit of our earthly treasures only leads us to the grave. The pursuit of earthly treasures leads us straight to a casket. And I, listen, I, I got a pastor down in Wilmington. I was pastoring in Camden before that, so that afforded me, those are both really dangerous cities. It has afforded me the opportunity to do a, a, a ton of funerals. 
And as I stood over the bodies of young men and young women, and, and I stood there and, and, and I watched as their friends began to walk past, they would come past with various trinkets and, 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 and pictures and, and cloths like to lay those things inside of the casket. And as I watched that happening, my heart begins to break because they don't understand that what they're doing, it doesn't lead to anything. Their, their friends don't know anything about that, that picture that they're laying uh, on top of the casket. They are just there because they're trying to make some semblance out of a life that was missed, and they don't know how to handle that. And because of that opportunity, I get to see this a lot. So uh, another word, our, our, our accumulation of earthly treasures, it ultimately leads us to nothing. It leads us to nothing, Jesus says, he says, listen, don't store up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy. Jesus is talking about that, that, that rust, but it's the act of eating away. Pursuing after earthly treasures, it will eat away at you. Pursuing after earthly treasures will corrode away at your life. And we'll find ourselves just pursuing after things that don't satisfy and pursuing after things that won't fulfill us and our lives begin to corrode away. We all know, we see those images of, of wealthy men and women who, who are pursuing after uh, just getting more and more and more and their families are left behind and their families are corroding away and their children, they hate them, they don't want anything to do with them because they've only pursued after the treasures here on the earth. It says where rust destroys, causes to vanish away. Earthly treasures are going to vanish away, church. They're ultimately going to vanish away and we'll be left with our hands open. He says this, where thieves and robbers break in and steal and destroy. And he tells them, don't pursue after these earthly treasures, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Now, just allow me to, to, to pause for a second to help us paint and unpack this idea about the heavenly treasures that, that Jesus was telling them to pursue after. I, I love the book of Romans and, 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 and Jesus, he, uh, and Paul, he's writing here, he's talking in, in, in chapter 10 that righteousness is by faith alone and nothing else. Uh, and then he, he's pointing to, to Israel and saying that, that they, they've missed this, they missed this idea of righteousness being by faith alone. And then he pauses in verse number 33 of chapter 11. Paul, he pauses and to give a hymn of praise. Well, Romans 11:33 reads like this. He says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor and who has ever given to God that he should be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm taking the time to pause to paint these heavenly treasures for us. Paul, and when he's thinking on the treasures and the riches of God, Paul gets stuck here, and the only thing that he could utter out of his mouth to begin this sentence is, oh, the depth of the riches of God. I I, I watch a lot of nature shows. Like, I, I spend a ton of time, I'd be like up to like four in the morning, just watching nature shows, like, it's, it's bad. Y'all know chimpanzees eat monkeys? Like, it's the craziest thing, they do, they, it's weird. But anyway, I, I watch a lot of fishing shows too, mostly because I'm fascinated by sea creatures, mostly because I've never been fishing, uh, uh, I ain't no dad, it's okay. I've never been fishing, but also, I, I'm scared of sea creatures. I'll be honest, like, you get in the water, Ain't nothing you can do. Because, <laughs> like, if the jaws swim up on you, number one, it can swim better than you can. <laughs> Two, it, it swims faster than you do. And then three, it can breathe down there. Like, <laughs> you can't breathe. So, what, like, what are we trying to do? Anyway, I'm back. I love to watch these shows. And one of the things that I see on these shows is a technology known as sonar technology. So what they do is they send a beacon down into the water and the the beacon hits off of an object and it bounces back and it sends a reading to the boat that says that that there's something down there and it measures the depth at which the thing is down there. So, you know, the guys on the boat, they go, when the thing bings back and it bings back with something, they go, oh, there's a Goliath grouper down there about 35 feet down. If you just cast your line over there, you can catch the thing. That's what they do. But can I tell you this? There is no sonar technology developed that's, that's sophisticated enough to be able to measure the depth of the riches of our God. There's no sonar technology that can do that. It can't measure the depth of the riches of God, the heavenly treasure that Jesus is telling us to pursue. We can't measure that thing. I'll give you another one. We, we're in Philly, you know, um, many years ago in Philly, many years ago, the 76ers went to the finals. Long time ago, long time ago, long ago, some 40, 40, some long ago. But if you remember watching that, you remember Allen Iverson? And Allen Iverson, he was the man, he did his thing, he would cross people over and break their angles and do all kinds of crazy stuff to them. But one time, during this finals, he makes a jump shot and the guy who was guarding him falls down. Y'all might know who that guy is. He's a coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He falls down. And as he falls down, Allen Iverson, disrespectfully might I add, he goes and he just steps over the dude like that. And when he stepped over him, everybody that was watching the thing, they went, oh! That's what this is like, Paul. He's, he's telling us, listen, the treasures, these heavenly treasures, you can't do nothing with them but say, oh. I got one more for you. I got you another one. Some, some 10 years ago, I'll, I'm, I'm a grad student, and I walk into to class, and there's this fine chocolate sister just sitting there, and I, I laid eyes on her, and I, and, I, and, I, and I just begin to, oh, the depth of <laughs> the riches of God. 
And I, I, I couldn't fathom what was, what was going on. And as I approached closer to her, I got up closer and I just said, oh, the death, there it is. This is what Paul is painting for us. <laughs> picture that Paul is painting for us, y'all. He's talking about these heavenly treasures and he's saying like it's so deep and, 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 and it's beyond finding out. And he goes on to say, he says, listen, how unsearchable his judgments and how untraceable are his ways. We watch Walking Dead. I know y'all do. Don't front. Watch Walking Dead. Be seeing y'all having parties and stuff on Facebook. For those of you that don't watch it, Stop Tripping, it's just, it's a, it's a show. They're not real, it's just zombies. Stop Tripping. But there's a character on there, his name is Daryl. And Daryl's this backwoods dude. He, he puts on a crossbow, he, he, he rides a motorcycle, and he always has on a leather jacket. I'm like, dude, it's hot, like take that leather jacket off. But he goes around, and Daryl, but Daryl's a tracker. He's a, he's a tracker. He's able to trace people down. So anytime they want to find out where something is, they send Daryl. So Daryl hops on his motorcycle, he goes, and he's riding, and he goes, there goes a broken twig. We're going this way. So that's, that's what he does. But God's ways, they're not traceable, y'all. Like, if we, we'll find ourselves in situations and we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know how this thing's going to turn around. But then God shows up in a way and we find ourselves looking around and we get, and we get to wonder, where did he come from? How did that thing fix itself and work itself out? That's our God. These are these heavenly treasures that Jesus is telling us to pursue after. And he says, for who has known the mind of our Lord? And who's been his counselor? Or, or, or who's given anything to him that it should be repaid to him? We, 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 we get on Facebook and you could do this thing now where you can uh, ask for a recommendation, right? You're going like, I need a plumber. Can somebody point me in the direction of a plumber in this area? That's what we do. I don't know how to do it, but somehow you do it. Um, you get on there and you ask for a recommendation and you try to figure the thing out. But Jesus, the Lord never asked for a recommendation. He never has to ask for a recommendation from us, especially when it came to the plan of our salvation. He, he didn't consult with us. He didn't consider us. He didn't think about uh, what we might think or what the plan should be. But instead, he devised the plan before the foundations of the earth to rescue and ransom our dirty, filthy selves from the grip of sin and from death. He doesn't need a recommendation from us. These are the depths of the riches of God. So this leads me to ask this question. Are you laying up the right types of treasures? Are you laying up the right types of treasures? I want to ask another question. I'll go back to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 22, join me there. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. 
But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? I want to ask this question. Are you looking in the right direction? Are you looking in the right direction? Jesus is talking about the eye here and the eye being the lamp of the body. So he's talking to them about vision, but, but not just, just, just being able to physically see. He's talking about, to them about the use of the eye of the mind or the faculty of, of knowing something. So he's asking them, he's letting them know that vision uh, has, requires a level of health. So what he's saying to them is this, he's, he's, he's asking them, is your life filled with light or is it filled with darkness? What's your life filled with? And, and for most of us, we, we, we struggle lots of times with, with balancing these two types of treasures. So we, we've, got, we've got heavenly treasures that we clearly need to pursue after, but then there are earthly treasures that we hard pursue after, but most of the times those are treasures that we want to tuck away and hide. We don't want anybody to know about our pursuit of those treasures, those things that we pursue after and we don't want people to know about. Like most of us, we've got a condition that I like to call double tapatosis. Like we sit around and, and all, all we want is to get some double taps. On Instagram, we want people to like our statuses and like our pics and, and, and to, get, to give us all types of accolades when we post things online. Like, we've got this condition. And it, and it causes us to take our eyes out of the right direction. We're not looking heavenly because we're always looking down here, waiting to get some likes, waiting for some double taps. That's what we do. I came up with that because I watch Doc McStuffins a lot and she always creates these conditions for people. <laughs> don't act like y'all don't watch Doc McStuffins. If y'all got kids, y'all watch Doc McStuffins. Don't, even some of y'all that don't have kids watch Doc McStuffins. <laughs> so I just grabbed a book of boo-boos and made that up. So he's asking, which direction are we looking? I love the story of Peter walking on the water. Matthew 14, he, he sees Jesus coming to him on the water. And when he sees Jesus, he says, Lord, if it's you, then command me to come to you. And as he's, he, he, Jesus says, all right, come on, get, get out the boat. So he hops out the boat, Peter, he's doing a good job. He, he's on the water and he's, he's got his situation going. And he's, he's walking like this and he's looking up at Jesus. And, and, and the passage says that, that the winds and the waves begin to crash. And as those winds and waves began to crash up uh, uh, on the laces of his Jordans, uh, he began to become unstable and unsteady, and he took his eyes off of Jesus. And that's just like us. We'll be going through life, and we're supposed to be focusing on the Lord, and situations and storms and trials will come up in our lives, and we'll start looking in the wrong direction, and we'll take our eyes off of Jesus. And the pastor tells us that when he took his eyes off of Jesus, that he began to sink. And Peter began to sink because he had a hidden treasure. Peter's hidden treasure was that he treasured his life more than he treasured being in the presence of God. 
You see, because he asked Jesus this question. He says, if it's you, Lord, command me to come, not just on the water, command me to come to you. And so when Peter gets out on the water, he takes his eyes off the very presence of Jesus. And when he does that, he begins to sink in the waters around him because he treasured his life more than he treasured the, uh, uh, the being obedient to God and then he treasured being in the presence of Jesus. And that's just like us. We value our lives. We value our jobs. We, we, we value that boyfriend that don't treat us right. We, we, we value chasing after all kinds of girls that we can catch. We, we, we value being, uh, 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 being pursued at our job as somebody who has a level of expertise and intellect. But if we're not pursuing after Jesus, if we're not pursuing the presence of Jesus and looking in his direction, then we are sinking in the waters around us. So, I want to ask another question. Join me in verse 24. It reads like this. No one can serve two masters since either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I want to ask this question. Are you loving the right master. Are you loving the right master? Jesus is telling them that you cannot serve two masters. And he's talking about having an ultimate obedience to the master that you're serving. And I know most of us think that we can multitask and do all different types of things all at once, but if you're focusing on more than one master, it's gonna spill out that thing's gonna to begin to show. People are gonna be able to sniff that thing out and say, mm, I don't know. It don't seem like he's all the way in. And people begin to see that kind of stuff and they begin to notice those kinds of things. And I, I, I wanna point us to, the, to Jesus' triumphal entry here. During that time, he, he tells the disciples, he says, listen, go into town. There's a man with a donkey. I want you to go to him and tell him that the Lord has need of the donkey and then bring the donkey to me. So you can imagine the disciples walking away. They usually doubt and they usually just have questions all the time. So they're walking down into the city and they, and they, and they go, man, why is this guy going to give us his donkey? Like, that don't make no sense. Like, he's just going to give it to us, like, because the Lord needs, has need of it. But they weren't paying attention to what Jesus said to them. He told them that the Lord had need of it. The master had need of it. And to their surprise, when they got down there, they told the man that, and he said, here you go, take the donkey. And when he took the donkey, they brought it to Jesus, and Jesus rolled into town. And as he rolled into town, we see something in the passage. It says that they began to cry out, Hosanna, and they would, take, they would, they would pull down the palm branches and, 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 and their cloths and, and throw it at the feet of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, church, whatever treasure you're holding on to, whatever the thing is that you're holding dear to and you won't give up, Jesus has need of that space in your life. 
Jesus has need of that space in your life and he wants you to give that thing up and place it at his feet because he ultimately has need of it. There's nothing we should keep from Jesus, nothing. He has need of every space in our life. And if you're hiding stuff from Jesus, I'm gonna tell you this, it's gonna get exposed one way or the other. It's going to get exposed, either it's going to get exposed through the grace of community and people sniffing it out, or it's going to get exposed through the grace of some corporal punishment, Jesus whooping your butt. It's going to come out. So you might as well just give it over to him. Stop hiding those treasures and give them over to Jesus. He has need of those things. And listen, you can't worship him properly until you've laid the things down at his feet. You can't worship him properly without taking those things and those spaces and laying them down at the feet of Jesus. Can't worship him properly. I'm going to close with this. David Livingston, a famous explorer to Africa. He was born in England, but the story says that he was buried in England where he was born, but his heart was buried in Africa, the place that he loved. And at the foot of a tall tree in a small African village, the natives dug a hole and placed in it the heart of the man who they had loved and respected for so many years. And I wanna ask this question. If your heart were to be buried today, where would it be buried? If your heart were to be buried today, where would it be buried? Would it be buried at your job? Would it be buried with your children? Would it be buried with your spouse? Would it be buried at your house, under your car? Where would your heart be buried? And I'll submit to you today that if your heart is not buried at the bottom of that tall tree known as the cross, then you are missing out. If your heart's not buried at the foot of the cross, you are missing out and you need to stop hiding those things and give them over to Jesus because he cares for us and he provides for us and he's a good father. He never lets us down. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He never puts us out. He never shuts us out. He never forgets about us. He never leaves us alone. And if we would just place our hearts at his feet, we would come to know him in a way that he longs for us to know him. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, your word is is so kind and powerful, God, at the same time. Lord, your word just, it it, it seeps in on us, Father. And I pray, God, that that, 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 that we would no longer hide our treasures, but that we would take those treasures and bury them at the foot of a tall tree, buried at the foot of the cross, where you bore our sins for us. And may we know, may, may we know that you love and you care for us and that you provide for us. And so at the end of the day, we might lay up the right types of treasures 
that we might look in the right direction, that we might love the right master. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.